podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and Blitzweek is coming to you for another week leading up to the opener versus Arkansas State. Today we have the man, the myth, the legend, the guy you guys clamor to hear more of on your airwaves via iTunes reviews. He was formerly the best voice you heard on K-Man, and now he's the number one voice in AM in the morning sports talk radio in the greater Wichita area. It is your favorite, the Bulldog, Mason Both. Mason, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing okay. You know, getting uh, excited and ready to start the next adventure in my life in Wichita. Yeah, I believe so. This is actually going to drop on uh, i'm looking it up we're, we're recording it on the 31st but it's dropping a week from today on the 7th so tomorrow as the yeah, folks tomorrow. are listening to it it's your first day yeah so you know listen in tomorrow 14 10 a.m uh in wichita kgso i'll be hosting the game plan so it'll be the start of my uh really my first legitimate big boy job it'll be the first time that like i'll be guaranteed pay I just won't show up and like, it's like, Oh, you're here an hour. Here's $8. So it'll be a little bit more serious than that. And I'll have some more responsibility. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. And I, as a fan of sports talk radio and a fan of yours, I look forward to listening to it. Um, We're going to, for your appearance on blitz week with Bosco's boys, I'm going to co-opt one of my favorite things I hear you do on the game. That's book it or cook it. But before we do real quick, I want to tell all the boneheads, head over to betonline.ag. Guys, college football is back. You're getting the NFL this week. NBA playoffs are still going. Major League Baseball, as you guys are listening to this, the Royals are starting an unprecedented seven-game winning streak, I'm sure. So start gambling all your hard-earned money over at betonline.ag, the exclusive wagering partner and naming sponsor of the entire Armchair Media Network. Okay, we're going to get into book it or cook it. For folks who aren't avid the game listeners, which I don't know why the heck they aren't, and soon the game plan, it's one of my favorite things. I think it started off as a shtick that wasn't very serious the first time you did, but it became very good sports content. Mine's not a shtick. These are 10 questions I really want to know if you're going to book it, a.k.a. agree with it or cook it or disagree with it. Are, are you okay with me co-opting this? That's Yeah, no, that's absolutely okay with me since I don't know how many more Book It or Cook It's I've got in me. And really, Book It or Cook It started as something that I would just say, like talking trash that didn't make much sense when playing 2K against, you know, the guys from KSO or John and Mitch because I would just say Book It and Cook It, some other stuff that just rhymed. Didn't really make a lot of sense, but we took it, ran with it, and turned it into a little bit of a segment we did, so – I'm ready for it. All right. I love it. So the first one, book it or cook it, K-State fans will be united in being pleased with Skylar Thompson this season. I mean, that seems like it's going to be the easiest question on here, and it's clearly a cook it. There's not a chance that 
there's a united feeling in what happens with Skyler. Skyler could win a Heisman, and you would still have like 54% of the fans going, well, tell you what, he won the Heisman. But when he was up there with Chris Fowler, did you see the body language? I don't want him to be my quarterback. It's like, okay, we're going a little bit too far here. I mean, Skyler is what he is. He's not the best quarterback K-State's ever had, but he's definitely not the worst, and he's been serviceable. And I think he's been close to the right guy to kind of bridge the gap from Snyder to Kleiman before we get to what are solely Kleiman guys. I like it. Sadly, I think you're probably right. The next one, and I'm very interested in your take on this one, number two, K-State will have a real playmaker emerge at running back. I see, I'm seeming like I'm going to be negative this entire time. You know, the day we're recording this, I got accused of being too negative towards K-State Manhattan on there. But I'm going to say cook this one. I just don't know with the youth and then the guys that are experienced coming back, they don't strike me as playmakers. And some of the stuff that we've seen has kind of concerned me. Like, I don't really want to see Tyler Burns or Harry Trotter be the feature back. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of, you know, uh, care sharing, but I, I don't really want to see those guys get the majority of the touches, be the guys that are relied upon. And I just don't know that any of the freshmen are going to be ready for that role. All right. The next one, and this is my favorite question. I've asked versions of this almost all offseason. Book it or cook it, Joshua Youngblood evolves from a gadget player to a true wide receiver. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going to cook this one too. I, I love Josh Youngblood as a returner. I like his personality. He's a sharp dude before even last year kicked off during K state media day, we were on the field, John and I were talking to Josh and like, it just immediately struck you. Like the guy gets it for being 18 years old. Like he could do something. And now obviously last year we thought it would be as a receiver, some other stuff It never really manifested into that. And I'm still skeptical that he can be a true, like, receiver for him this year. I think that K-State will try. I think that they will try and shoehorn him into that role. But I just don't know that he's actually going to come through there. I think maybe eventually he can. But I still think there are some other guys that have a leg up in the true receiver conversation. Definitely. Speaking of true wide receivers, number four, book it or cook it, Malik Knowles stays healthy and leads the team in receiving. I'm going to say book it. I think that obviously Knowles is the best receiver on the team. So much has, you know, been made of can he stay healthy? Is he on the field? But I think this year with it being 10 games and the fact that you get a bye week right after the first game. So, you know, who knows how much he's even going to need to be on the field against Arkansas State. And then after that, you get another bye week squeezed in there. I think this will help him stay a little healthier this year on the field. I, I like his chances. If he's on the field for all 10 games, there's not a doubt in my mind that he's going to lead the team in receiving, and he's probably going to lap some guys in that category. I like it. I like it. Finally got a uh, book it from you. So book it or cook it, the guy yeah. with the my guy curse, Riley Moore lives up to the hype. Book it or cook it. Man, it, this is one of those where, like, initially I would have been – 100% book it, and then things kind of start to shift because it's like, oh, this hype's getting a little too out of hand. This is a little crazy for a guy that was at Northern Iowa. I get that there's some NFL buzz, but also he's got an injury history, which I had to bring up when he was made a my guy by John. 
But I'm going to say book it. I think that he comes up big because really the floor for what is expected out of a, a K-State tight end is very low right now. When you think about last year, how many times were you at, either at the game or watching on TV and you're cussing out a tight end or a fullback for dropping a ball, fumbling, or just putting themselves in a position to only get like a yard on a play when, oh, you probably could have 15 there, even not moving at the pace of a receiver. So I'm going to say book it. I think he's able to come in. He's going to play a pretty big role in the offense. And he realistically could be the number two in terms of receiving yards behind Malik Knowles this year. Definitely. Number six, this is the guy who, probably the only guy who's gotten more hype than Briley Moore, and that's Khalid Duke. So, number six, book it or cook it, Khalid Duke lives up to his hype. Yeah, I'm going to book it for DJ Khalid because he's a guy that, you know, getting to play opposite of Wyatt Hubert I think is a huge deal. We saw it with Reggie Walker. He got to play opposite of Jordan Willis, and it turned into – this four-year-long love affair with Reggie Walker, who wasn't as bad at the end as some, I think, wanted to make him seem because the hype was so strong. But he also was just kind of another guy out there. I mean, there were times where it's like, can we get some more Kyle Ball, please? Just somebody to be a little change of pace. So I I think he does live up to the hype now in the years to come when White Hubert isn't on the other side of him. And he's the guy that's the main focus. We may see a little bit less, but I think with his size and just the short stuff we saw from last year, mixed with Hubert still being there, it's a book it for me. All right, number seven, you already mentioned him, White Hubert, book it or cook it. White Hubert is first team all-conference postseason and gets All-American chatter. Yeah, that's a, that's a book it in my eyes. There's, I really don't have much doubt about it. I think that because typically how the all-conference stuff works because – you know, people are lazy, whether it's the coaches or it's the media, they're going to look at it and say, okay, well, I know everybody on my team. I know the names of pretty much everybody on my rival. And then I know the names of the quarterbacks. But after that, have I heard your name? And if I have, I'm going to throw you out there. And Wyatt Hubert is a guy that his name has been out there now. And I truly think that he'll be a guy that when – teams are preparing for K-State are going to look at it and say, hey, look, there's truly one guy we can't miss on their defense, and that's 56. And so he will be one of those guys that is able to elevate himself to above just the, well, I don't know who he is because he plays defense at K-State. No, teams will have to know who he is, and I think that's going to be a big deal. I like it. The next one, staying on the defensive side of the ball, book it or cook it, the defense is more aggressive under Klanderman than they were under Hazleton. The Clandy man. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna book it. I like Joe Klanderman. I've liked him since the start of last year. I think before you know the first game last year, I came up to the press co- press box and I said to everybody, I was like, you know what? There are a lot of good looking coaches on that field. Joe Klanderman is without a doubt the best looking coach on that field. You know, he's got just the long legs. He wears a shirt a little tighter than you know typically a guy his age would. And you're like, okay, easy gun show, but. Joe Klanderman is the man. I'm a, I'm a Clandy fan, and if anybody has seen his picture from when he was in college, he I mean, he just looks like a total boss. That's the only way to describe what Joe Klanderman looked like in college. So, yeah, and, you know, the football answer to this, I do think that they're going to be more aggressive under Klanderman because now that you have a guy that's more focused on what the defensive backs are in tune with, I think he's a guy that's going to have more faith 
in the secondary to go out and make plays because he'll know what that's like. He'll let them go out there and rip as opposed to the linebacker coach in Hazleton. And we've already heard Hazleton and some of the players – or excuse me, not Hazleton, but Klanderman and some of the players say – that, you know, he's putting us in positions to make more plays this year. And I think that's going to be exciting because we've talked about offensively some of the things that K-State's doing to catch up a little bit with the times. The defense is now starting to get there where it's, hey, we want to create turnovers as opposed to them just pop into our laps. So I like what he's doing on defense. Awesome. And if I would have known how, how you were going to answer that one, I probably should have had that be the final one. But the final of Book It or Cook It during this Blitzweek episode, uh, number 10, Book It or Cook It, A.J. Parker has a season that puts him on NFL draft radars. Hmm. This is a tough one. One I haven't necessarily thought of because actually I kind of thought, and maybe he still does and gets on some radars, but maybe he he comes back next year. I think I'll say book it. I think that you know he's he's a guy that has proven to be solid enough, and I think for K State he's a pretty solid corner. Something you don't normally expect out of him. I've talked a lot about how K State's kind of in the position where they you know need to disguise some guys, and just because the offense keeps the defense off the field so much, you don't typically realize that they have some deficiencies. But A.J. Parker is a legitimate Big 12 corner, and I think if he has a productive year this year, some teams are going to look at him and at least give him a shot. You know, Duke Shelley was able to go out, get drafted, still stay in the NFL after leaving early from K-State. And Duke Shelley, I think, you know, had obviously some higher upside than A.J. Parker. But I think Parker will get a chance, and maybe the fact that you have a guy like Duke Shelley in the NFL, you know, that can kind of help, I think, when there's some branding there. And so a team can look at it and say, hey, you know, Duke Shelley, that guy that plays for the Bears, he went to K-State, got another interesting guy. Maybe we'll take a chance on him. So I, I, I think that there will be some draft radar talk for A.J. Parker. I like it. Before we get into the back half of Blitz Week where we put Mason on the record, just like we have with all our guests, need to tell everyone about Manscaped.com real quick. Mason, you're an engaged man. Your honeymoon will be here before you know it. What you need to do is head over to Manscaped.com. Use promo code ARMCHAIR. You're going to get 20% off everything over there, including the lawnmower 3.0. I know you're a big burly man. You are basically the manliest man who – has ever been in the press box at K-State. I'm sure your fiance and soon-to-be wife would appreciate if you manscaped down there with the lawnmower 3.0. Not only is there an LED light, not only does it have 90-minute battery life, but you can even use it in the shower. So if you want a guarantee that you're not going to nick, snag, or cut your nuts while you're trying to manscape, go get the lawnmower 3.0. They also have the single greatest body wash and boxer briefs in the world everything over at manscaped.com promo code armchair for 20 percent off free shipping is amazing also like i said at the top of the show betonline.ag they're the name sponsor of the entire armchair media network and they have a new web series talking about floyd money mayweather's jewelry collection that's right you can see the bankrupt man himself talk about his great jewelry collection and if you can guess how much one of his pieces costs you're going to win cold hard cash and he can take that cold hard cash and bet it on dak prescott to be the nfl mvp because i know you're i know you're on the dak train so you're over to betonline.ag as well all right we're gonna get into it I want to say a couple of things real quick. One, (laughs) say no to nut cuts. Those are terrible. You don't want any nut cuts going around. 
And also, you handle these ads now like Matt Walters does during, you know, a sideline report from the oldie seed sidelines or something. You don't even need to look at it anymore. Your head's bobbing all over the place. You just got it memorized. That's how much of a pro you are at this, you know. I, when I was a senior in high school, I came up to Manhattan for the Iowa State game that year. So it would have been 2015, the great, you know, Paul Rhodes collapse. The, and Mark Mangino saying the fat lady, you know, must have been singing or something. I don't know what he said. Um, but I spent – I my golf coach and broadcast teacher from high school went to college with Matt Walters at Bethany and hooked me up with him. I came up, and the first half of the game, I was in the press box with Wyatt and Stan just kind of shadowing. And the second half, I went on the field with Matt, and I can remember him just like – throwing the cards away or maybe not even taking them when they were offered to him is like, Oh, I've got them memorized by this point. Cause it was like game 10 or 11 in the season. So he's just like, I, I don't need it. And just, sure enough, he gets down there like a pro just knocked it out of the park. So you're on the Matt Walters level now. I appreciate that. I, I, I really do. It's uh, it's fun. Sometimes you get an ad love them. I've been able to joke with any of the guests about any sort of manscaping needs they might have. So uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you let me poke a little fun there. So we will get into the back half of this. Every single guest will, will and has been asked these questions. So you will be compared and contrast against folks like John Kurtz, of course, Ian Campbell, Travis Tannehill, Derek Young will be later, maybe even the great Brian Smoller as well. So we're going to get started. And this is one that you guys talked a lot about on your show uh, on the game. But what sort of grade would you give K-State, Gene Taylor, and Coach Kleiman not only handling handling this like once-in-a-century pandemic, but then also inside of that, all this racial unrest in the country uh, that we've seen the last two, three months? I, I mean, I, I grade them fairly highly because we've seen how many different places around the conference and the country have mishandled this situation, whether it be the social injustice that's gone on, whether it ends up being the coronavirus, or in some cases, you just put the two together and you miss the mark. I mean, Mike Gundy found himself in a situation where he starts off by being terrible with the coronavirus because, hey, even if it's true, Mike, don't just come out and say, hey, we need these kids to make money for us. Let's get them back in here in May. Okay, we didn't need that. And then, oh, wait, uh, your players are pissed at you because you wore a shirt from a news network that not a lot of people are watching and not a lot of people agree with. And so that just led into this whole big deal with him. And so obviously you don't want to be him. You don't want to be Gary Patterson and you don't want to be less miles in this situation because, you know, China and fast food and everything that's gone on in the world. So I would give, I would give K-State probably an eight in this. If we were just strictly speaking, when it came to like coronavirus, I'd give him a seven but I think they get a bump from me because they've handled the coronavirus as well as the social injustice stuff that's gone on so incredibly well, whether it's their messaging or, you know, the message that they're putting out themselves. I think that they've done a great job with it. And it's really shown how important it is to have a guy like Gene Taylor and a guy like Chris Kleiman, because Gene's a guy that catches some heat from some people sometimes for maybe the way on field or on court things play out. But I think he's the right guy for Manhattan, Kansas, personality-wise, and the way he approaches things with a pretty level head most of the time. And so I really like what they did this year. I love it. Um, we, we got a 
brief kind of preview to this next question earlier during the bucket or cook it. But the only staff change this year, Scotty Hazelton, he's getting paid a million bucks, but he's not coaching any football up at Michigan State, at least not until the spring. And Joe Klanderman, your guy, the Clandy man, got promoted. And then Steve Standard came in to coach linebackers. What, if any, changes do you expect? And based on the way you answered the question earlier, we might even see a step up from what was such a good year last year. Yeah, I, I think we will see a step up. I, I like the fact that you've got A.J. Parker. So you have a guy that I think can make more plays for you at corner because we haven't seen him maybe make as many plays as – you would expect for a guy that's the best corner on the team. And I think he's going to get the opportunity to go out this year and make those plays. Uh, Keandre Thomas coming in from Minnesota gives you another guy that you know is a power five starting corner. So I, I think right there you're already good. They really like the fact that they've been able to move Jerron McPherson to safety. And so I think there is going to be more aggression. And I think that this is going to be maybe a defense that sticks out in some people's minds and you start to talk like, this might be one of the, you know, the best defensive performances that we've seen going back to, you know, the early 2010s, like 2012, 2013, 2014, because they're going to make plays. And I still think they're going to be able to slow teams down. Definitely. And something that I just saw that I skipped over during book it or cook it. So here's bonus book it or cook it. Oh, wow. I had in, Yeah. I, I missed it. Number eight. Uh, book it or cook it, the linebacking unit, which does have all that experience, plus you also have a playmaker like Daniel Green. So book it or cook it, that unit becomes one of the best linebacking cores in the Big 12 this year. Uh, if I cooked it, it would be burnt because we left it in there too long. So I'm going to have to book it. And, you know, I, I think that because last year we saw not only some of the main players at linebacker step up, and obviously more guys than we expected had to because – you weren't going to have Justin Hughes and some others. So I think that they're going to come in now with more reinforcements. They'll be strong there. And they just seem like a group of guys that are going to get it figured out one way or another. Because, you know, last year we saw some guys on defense, um, you know, maybe they weren't expecting a ton of playing time, but they still were able to come through and make some plays. I mean, you know, the guy that sticks out the most to me, and it was just the worst thing in the world because – all of a sudden he starts making plays and then Eric Gallant has that nasty injury against Oklahoma. And I, I was like, that's a guy that could play the rest of the year, whether they were going to play him at DN or they're going to play him at linebacker. So I think it's just a group of guys that they figure it out for some reason. They've got the talent there. They're going to make it happen. Awesome. We'll, we'll get back into uh, my outline that, you know, I, can't believe I missed something. You know, I'm such an outline planner. I, I'm ashamed of myself for missing that one. But I take back the comparison to Matt Walters. Not as much of a pro as I thought. No, Matt Walters would not have skipped over a bullet point. So uh, I, I let everyone down. I apologize. Um, so the next one, uh, it was a bit of an up and down uh, year in the first year of the Messingham offense. Uh, do you think they're going to find their groove this year? Or will, you know, changing out five of your top six offensive linemen plus just his style be just a little bit too much to overcome to have a consistently good offense this year? I think his philosophy and style, it, it can work, and I think it will work. I think it's good for K-State the way, you know, Chris Kleiman coach teams have had offensive success. But I, I would rather it not be under Courtney Messingham. I'm not a Messingham guy. Uh, there were too many games last year where whether it was 
at halftime, I go somewhere, I'm like, what are they doing? Or just a game and, and, you know, the totality of it and say, this isn't the guy that I really want, you know, leading an offense. The Oklahoma state game was incredibly frustrating to watch how that offense worked. I, I mean, I remember going up, you know, after the Texas tech game at halftime and I said to John, I'm trying to think who else was there, but I just said to him, I was like, Messingham, he needs to find it right now because that was some of the softest play calling I've seen. And he just needs to get aggressive. He needs to find some stones occasionally and say, Hey, guess what? The running game not working. Let's air it out a little bit because what ended up happening was that Oklahoma state game, although there weren't many, the biggest plays came through the air, Texas tech. They made a lot of plays through the air in that one. And it happened in the Navy game too. If Phillip Brooks doesn't take a punt back, that we look at that game completely differently because K-State was really never in that thing. But when they started to make their push, when they got in it, it's when they started to air the ball out late in the game when they had to. And so I think that Messingham can be too committed sometimes to, hey, we're a run first team. We like to have this philosophy with the run game. And then that sets up the passing for us. He needs to be open to, hey, if I'm going to have a capable passer, which I think Skyler is, throw the ball around, especially to capable receivers. And really that mindset is going to need to change because in the coming years, whether it's Will Howard or Jake Ruby back there, they're going to be a more capable passer than Skyler even is. And if you have legitimate NFL prospects at quarterback, you need to throw the ball more and you need to do it first downs. You need to do it first quarters, not just this little game last year that we saw where, hey, we're going to try and establish ourselves for the first 30 minutes of the game. And if it doesn't work, maybe we see how it goes on the third and then we go to the air air it out the entire time be aggressive in a smart way but don't just be so reserved with your play calling and that was the most frustrating thing so I yeah I not necessarily the question you're asking but there is a lot of frustration by me with Courtney Messingham because I think you know I have a higher thought of what this offense can be even with all the new offensive linemen coming in I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal as some people want to make it seem Last year, offensive line was overrated. What you have coming back, Josh Revis, and then some of the other guys, I think they're going to have the size and the ability to step up, make things happen. Plus, Connor Riley's a, a really good offensive line coach. So I, I like what they're going to do on the line. The only person holding them back on offense this year is Courtney Messingham. I like it. I, I, I like the rants, and I'll make sure to put you in the uh, corner of a Messingham, you know, denier for the time being. We might have to – get you back on in December and see what you thought about this year with Messingham. Um, so the next one, who are you going to predict as the offensive MVP? Hmm. Offensive MVP. I, you know, a lot of people have different thoughts of what an MVP is. I just go with, you know, who was the best player? Cause I think that's the spirit of the word, the award. I think that this year it's probably going to end up being Malik Knowles. I think if he stays healthy, he's out there. There's no reason it shouldn't be him. And really, he's going to be what makes K-State a legitimate Big 12 offense where, hey, we don't need to just know they're going to run this entire time. And we just, you know, can treat every receiver the same. There's one guy that is legitimately, you know, a top 10 receiver in the conference. And I know there's 10 teams, but you think KU's got some pretty good receivers. Obviously, Oklahoma's going to have it. There's a lot of talent there. But Malik Knowles is a legit number top 10 receiver in the league. So I think it's going to be Malik Knowles. He's a difference maker for this team. I like it. On the defensive side, who's going to be the defensive MVP? 
I think you got to go Wyatt Hubert. Uh, he's going to get, you know, the accolades of first team this, first team that. And a guy that, you know, depending on how this year goes, may just say, hey, I'm ready for the NFL after this year. And I think to get to that point, he'll have to truly play like the best player on this defense. And I think he is. I think he'll do it. So I got to go Wyatt Hubert. That's a pretty easy one. Awesome. Uh, who are you predicting to be the young breakout player of this team? And for that distinction, you have to be a redshirt sophomore or younger and yet to have a big role on the team. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who my – I guess maybe I would go with Khalid Duke just because we've heard so much about him. And it, it's going to be fun watching him play this year. I just like the way his body type is for playing defensive end. I think he's going to provide a lot of different opportunities for him. So I'd go to Khalid Duke. All right, the next one, assuming we have a 10-game season, what record are you going to predict? We, uh, I mean, I guess it'll, it should be out by this point. So we just recently did a roundtable for KSO and it wanted to know our projections for the schedule and all that other stuff. I think that I said in that one, I was like, you know what, let's just go for it. Nobody cares about predictions anyway. So I just said seven and three. I think – you know, before last year, I would have been very skeptical. If this was a 12-game year, I would have told people, hey, kind of temper your expectations. They could go five and seven this year, and you shouldn't lose your mind because the cupboard's bare from when Snyder and everybody left. But my mindset has changed because Chris Kleiman has just proved to be such a good coach. And not only does he have the background at North Dakota State, but now you can look at it and say, okay, he's a legitimate power five football coach. And I think that they take care of business in all the games that they're supposed to win. And then the four games at the end of the year are going to be incredibly interesting where you play Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas. I think they get one of the home games against Oklahoma State and Texas. And I think they get one of the road games against Baylor or Iowa State. They could even get both of them. But just for the sake of being safe with my prediction, I'll say that they uh, get one of those. All right, awesome. So last year, I think everyone would say Oklahoma was a state statement win. Depending on who you ask, maybe Iowa State or Mississippi State. Are you going to put the Mason both stamp of statement on any single game and predict a win? Um, I, I would go with the Iowa State game again. I think that's going to be another statement game this year. Uh, depending on what Oklahoma State's doing, it could possibly be that one if they were able to get it at home. But I – Casey always beats Iowa State, just to take the line from Stan Weber that's everybody, that everybody's heard, but it's true. You know, I, I kind of consider the bill loss a fluke. It was just, you know, a, a weird season ending in a weird way. And really, you know, as K-State people, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say it this way, but how many of us cared that they lost that game? I think it was more of like a sense of relief that they lost that one. It was just like, okay – this thing can finally end because we all love Bill. We all appreciate what he did, but it was just time. There was so much fatigue, kind of like the question, hey, if Skyler wants to come back next year, do you let him? It's like, I love Skyler, but no, the fatigue is there. You don't really need him. It's time for something new and fresh. And that's exactly what happened with Snyder. So I don't even count that weird loss in 2018 to Iowa State, but I think that they get it done again this year because they're in Campbell's head. They're still in Cyclones fans' head. And they're going to be in Brock Purdy's head because that guy is a total joke. I love it. You know how to play up to the bonehead audience. I, 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 really, I really enjoyed that answer. So the final one, and 
you know, God willing, I don't have to include this question next year. Just like hopefully I don't have to include that first one next year. But, uh, you know, on a day where, you know, this is August 31st, again, we pre-recorded this by a week. Hopefully we don't hear more news about it. But on a day where there are now 10 confirmed COVID cases on K-State's roster, um, the final question is, there's 10 games on the schedule. How many get played? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that they play all 10. I think with the bye weeks built in and just the fact that I know that, you know, some places don't necessarily have it under control. I don't, don't think K state will ever be the reason uh, a season gets shut down for anybody or some games get postponed. I think K state will handle it well. And I just look at, you know, the Royals have been able to make it through a season over half a season at this point and not be stopped because of COVID. They had a one day delay waiting on the Reds, but then they played a doubleheader and they were fine. I think that college football, once they get into the flow of it and everything becomes more serious, the athletes will get on board and say, okay, I'm going to do this to protect the season. And also I think the schools will even do more to keep them in it. So I think that all 10 get played for K-State. I love it. I love how you ended the show. Very, very strong, very strong final couple questions. But um, that's all we got. Again, Blitz Week, this is uh, the Monday kickoff. We're giving you a show every day of the week leading up to that first game. Um, Boneheads, I've been very appreciative of you guys coming along on the ride. Mason, appreciate you hopping on. Um, tell everyone where they can catch your new show um, and support you as now the number one AM sports talk radio host in the greater Wichita area. That's right. Uh, tomorrow morning, 6 to 9 a.m., 14 10 a.m., 93.9 FM. That'll be Fox Sports Radio, Wichita KGSO. You can also, you know, if you want to look at me, uh, they do a Facebook Live every day with it. So, you know, you're at work, and it's like I don't have a radio by me because who has a radio anymore? You can either go to TuneIn or you can just say, you know what, I want to see what these fools look like and go over to the Facebook page. I'll probably look terrible because the first probably two, two and a half weeks of this job, I won't be living in Wichita yet. I'll have to be living with my parents in Hutch and driving every morning about an hour to Hutch to Wichita. And I'll need to be there at about 5.15 every morning to finish some prep stuff. So I'll be leaving Hutch by 4 a.m. probably the first couple of weeks. So... And I'm, a, I'm what I would call a morning person, but not like that early of a morning person because I don't think anybody actually is. So I'm ready to acclimate my body and uh, get ready for it. But Sports Radio KGSO, 14 to 9 a.m., 93.9 FM, starting tomorrow morning, 6 to 9 a.m. I love it. Anyone in Wichita, make sure you listen. Hopefully you can uh, get that out on a podcast form as well because you know me, I'm a podcast guy. Uh, Mason, thanks again for coming on. Um, thanks for, you know, all your time in Manhattan. I look forward to seeing you uh, come to Man Down Wichita. Uh, that's all well, we got. You. Oh, go ahead. No, thank, thank you. Uh, I always enjoy getting to talk to the Boneheads, and I also enjoy getting the koozie that I got a couple weeks ago. I was wondering, I was like, when is that going to come? Because he said he was going to send it to me. So I just given up, but then boom, it was there. And I didn't realize until I got the second koozie, the first one didn't have the dog on it it was just you and Grant. And then I was like, ah, oh, the dog's there. So uh, now that's what my fiance uses. She uses the one with the dog on it. So. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got that. I'm sorry for waiting so long to get you the recurring guest one. 
I just had totally kind of forgotten. And I was talking to John. I was like, holy crap. Like I never sent that one. So uh, John put in a request for a new koozie because he lost one. So I sent him one. I got yours in there. And I think I threw one in for Mitch as well. I don't know if Mitch yeah, got Yeah, you gave his. Mitch a, uh, a Christmas bottle. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> good for, that was good for Mitch. Good, good, good. So I'm glad you have it. Um, thanks again for coming on. Uh, Boneheads, again, we, you got four more episodes coming this week, including Wednesday, our first game preview of the year. Uh, so buckle up. It's game week. Let's get going. The world has been turned upside down and college football with it. Both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have postponed their 2020 football season. Still cautious optimism that a college football season can be played safely. We're prepared to play. I try to be everything that I can, but sometimes I come out as being nothing. I pray to God that he make me a better man. Maybe one day I'ma stand for something. Feels good to be back. Tell me ain't nobody better than me. I think that there's better than me. Hope you see the better in me. Always end up better in me. I don't wanna ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. They are willing to go, and so are we. This type of love don't always come and go. Stay strong, we gon' live long. I want football, you want football, everybody wants football. College football is gonna be played and it's time to get excited about it. Podcast Network.